Peter chapter 2, halfway through the chapter, picking up at verse 13 today. Hopefully you're doing well, whether you are in YouTube land or on Facebook with us, whether you're here in Maine where it's a little rainy again today, or if you are uh, in some other wonderful place like Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, or if you are down Reedville, Virginia, wherever you might be hailing from, or some other place in the world, somewhere in India, wherever it may be, we're just delighted to have you with us today. Again, for anybody that's tuning in a little bit later, this is a live recorded broadcast. Uh, It is raw, so if you're listening to it on one of the podcast platforms uh, or watching it a little bit later than 6 a.m. on August 11th, uh, 
then what you're seeing is is live, unedited, unfiltered, raw footage. Uh, and I'm usually dialoguing with some people who are live with me in the in the comment section out there in Facebook world or YouTube land. So anyway, just glad to have you listen whenever you're listening. And hopefully um, our perusal of God's word will strengthen you as you seek to live as a follower of Christ. This is all about living as followers of Christ. It isn't about, oh, hey, let's just have a Bible study. No, it's how does this Bible study influence and impact you so that you can live as a follower of Christ. Now, let's get right into it here. Um, In fact, it's not only so you can live as a follower of Christ, but if you're going to really live with a follower of Christ, as a follower of Christ, as we're called to live, then you need to be thinking about how do you make other followers of Christ? We are to multiply. And uh, so discipleship oftentimes lands on the individual. Disciple making helps us think about uh, we are called to make disciples. Here we go. Submit yourselves to the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. Now, I'm just going to stop right there. Um, You might say, well, it's easy for Peter to write. I mean, if he had a leader that he could follow and that he liked, I mean, it sure makes sense to follow after somebody that you like. Now, it's interesting. The Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul uh, say very similar things about submission to governing authorities. Now, if you remember through our study of the book of Acts and what happened to Paul uh, and going before various governors and various kings and and before Caesar himself, um, which actually we didn't, it isn't covered in the book of Acts. um, And then the the final conclusion of Paul's life and his beheading and whatnot. uh, I mean, he wasn't exactly submitting to, you know, these wonderful, conservative, evangelical, fundamentalist Christians. Uh, He was saying, Paul and Peter here as well, saying to submit to these authorities, and these authorities were abusive. They were persecuting Christians. They, I mean, even toward the end of Peter's day, Nero was getting worse and worse and worse toward the Christians. And the Christians suffered persecution not long after Peter would write this. The, the the next wave of diaspora would happen where there would be extreme persecution and Christians and, and even Jews would flee from Jerusalem and uh, end up in lots of different places around the world. So as Peter is writing this, he is not writing this to, to say to us, hey, when you have a president that you like, when you have a governor that you like, and in in our instance right now, in and I think I have the freedom to say this, uh, in the United States and in Maine in particular, uh, our president uh, and our governor both uh, stand against Christian principles. They stand against the, uh, Christian truth. Uh, Now, they would say, well, no, we don't. Well, yes, they do, because they purport things that are heinous and evil, uh, like the abortion bill that was recently passed and signed into law here in the state of Maine by Janet Mills, um, which is now law, allowing abortion for most any reason, pretty much up through birth. 
Uh, and, uh, um, you know, we're called to submit. So we're living in a day where we have a, a, an administration in the White House that uh, largely stands against things that Christians should stand for. Uh, we have an administration in Augusta here in our state of Maine who largely stands against things that we as Christians would stand for. And, and both of these administrations uh, promote uh, and are pushing for things that, that are absolutely against the word of God. Uh, even as Paul would have had in his day, Peter would have had in his day, even as the Lord Jesus saw uh, as he walked this sod, the same thing. And so Peter's words where he says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men. This is not just talking about the ones that you like. It's not just talking about the ones that stand in your defense. In fact, P Paul would write that we need to lift up hands in prayer for all uh, governing authorities, whether they are for us, whether they are against us, um, whether they're Christian, whether they are promoting doctrines of demons, our posture should be prayer. Our posture should be submission to the governing authorities. Now, we live in a land where we can vote. We live in a land where we have the freedom to make our voices heard, and we should. However, I do believe that as we make our voices heard, we need to make our voices heard with great respect. Uh, sometimes we, you will see on social media Christians just uh, bashing and calling uh, the president or our governor or other people in political office all kinds of names and saying all kinds of derogatory things about them. That should not be the stance, the position, the practice of the Christian. It's one thing to, to talk about the platform. Uh, it's another thing to castigate the person. And uh, uh, now, uh, I, I'll be the first to tell you, I mean, I have grave concerns for our current president, Joe Biden, uh, uh, just just watching him. Now, you don't get to watch him all the time. You don't know whether sometimes you're baited with clips of things where it shows him in his worst moments and, and you don't see him in all his best moments. I, I do want to be fair enough to say that, that does happen. I mean, editing happens, and, and, and sometimes we only see the worst of, of a person. But what we do see, and, and the word salads and things like that, and the forgetfulness and the robotic, which way do I go? Where am I supposed to stand? Uh, and walking off seemingly lost. I mean, we ought to have concern for that. And it saddens me to think that we don't show concern. In fact, some places they'd call that elder abuse um, to, to allow somebody to uh, operate in, in in such fashion that it's embarrassing to the whole to the whole country. Uh, and I'm not saying this to deride Joe Biden. I'm saying this out of concern that if in fact that is his basic functioning most of the time, we should have grave concerns. So what should we do? We should pray. We should pray for him. We should pray even though uh, we see word salads coming with out of the vice president. We should pray for the vice president. And I'm not being derogatory and saying word salads. I'm really not trying to be derogatory and, and uh, paradoxical and, uh, or hypocritical in, in what I'm saying. Uh, we see these things, but what should the posture of the Christian be?
prayerfulness. That should be the posture of the Christian submission. And it says right here, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether the king is a supreme authority or to governors uh, who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong. Our response is to submit ourselves to them for the Lord's sake. Now, continuing on, it says, for it's God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. It is our good action. It is our good posture. It is our good attitude. It is our good words. It is, is, it is the good things that we do that should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. That, that's exactly what uh, Peter says here. That in how we live our lives, in the words that we choose, that we would silence the, the, the talk of foolish men, that they wouldn't be, they, you guys have done nothing wrong. You've shown great respect. You have uh, you've not been derogatory, even though we know that, that the president or the governor uh, stands against uh, Christian values. Um, you know, you have you have taken the high road, and that's what we as Christians need to do. It goes on and says in verse sixteen, "Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil." So living as free men, uh, and sometimes what we will want to do is, is use our freedom and, and do what we want to do. Uh, and, and really what we need to do is use our freedom to live for God. We need to use our freedom to, to promote Christ. We need to use our freedom uh, to uh, uh, make sure the gospel is being shared. So in living as free men, and, and so what, what we see among some Christians is that well, I have my Christian freedom, my Christian liberty to do what I want to do. And you know, and, and so the, the language is is colorful, or maybe you should say colorless. It depends on how you want to look at that. Uh, and our behavior, our action, our words about other people, so on and so forth. You know, we have freedom. We, we're Christians. We have freedom to do what we want to do. But it doesn't matter because God forgives us. God loves us. No, we have freedom to espouse the things of Christ. We have freedom to lift up the name of Christ. And so do not use our freedom as a cover-up for evil, but live as servants of God. But today you would live, today I would live as a servant of God. Then it says this in verse 17, show proper respect to everyone. It doesn't say show proper respect to the people that you get along with. It doesn't say show proper respect to the people who hold your same political position. It doesn't say uh, show proper respect to people who hold your same position that there are really only two two sexes, uh, male and female. And now you can we, we could delineate gender, sex. It's really only two. God made man. God made woman. Uh, you know, and we have all this other uh, alphabet alphabetization of. Um, what people are wanting to do with human sexuality in our day, even there, even though we hold to the view of only two genders, male, female, uh, we we still should show proper respect to those who have a different view. Now, he does get in, in verse 17 to specifically to the brotherhood because he says, love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, honor the king. Now, the king in that day, 
uh, was not a God-honoring man, was not a Christian man. So the idea of honoring the king, again, it's, it's talking about what are we to do? Now, we need to come back, and there are three levels here of, of evaluation. One level of evaluation is, do we love the brotherhood of believers? How do we demonstrate our love among one another as Christians? Our love needs to be strong. Secondly, fear God. Do we have a great high reverence of God as we ought to have? And then the third is to honor the king. Again, coming back around to how do we respond to those in uh, authority over us with honor? He continues, says, Slaves, submit to your mas- yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but to also to those who are harsh. There are good bosses and there are bad bosses. There are considerate bosses. There are inconsiderate bosses. Uh, There are bosses who build up. There are bosses who tear down. Uh, There are bosses that, that, uh, you know, are looking out for the interests of their employees. There are bosses who are making sure that they're getting the most out of their compensation package as they possibly can get. Uh, to the tune of 10 times higher or more uh, than, than than anybody on the floor in their factory makes. Should it be that way? I, I would dare to say no. I, I If I were a CEO of a large company, I don't think I would be saying, hey, I need $30 million a year, private jet, blah, yada, 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 yada. Uh, I would probably take the approach that the, the former CEO of um, – Costco took and say, give me a much more modest salary and uh, yes, enough that I can get around the country and do what I need to do, uh, but but not 10 times the amount of, of what the average employee makes. What do we do? We are to, doesn't matter, submit ourselves to our masters with all respect, both those who are good and considerate and those who are harsh. And it says, verse 19, for it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God, because we're aware of God, because we're living for God. And if we, we live up under the pain of unjust suffering because of God, that's an honorable thing. That's something that glorifies God. That's something that will cause people perhaps to, to turn to God, to talk of Christ, to say, you know, it isn't that you were a great Christian because you had a great boss and so winsome and such a wonderful company to work for. You're, you know, you've demonstrated how great a Christian you are because of the fact that when things weren't good, you continued to glorify God and show great reverence. Those are the thoughts. Now, let me cut over and share a little bit more. Uh, verse 20 says, but how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong? If you deserve the beating, if you deserve the the warning slip at work because you're a slackered, uh, you know, you're getting what you deserve. Uh, he says, but if you suffer for doing good and endure, this is commendable before God. I mean, the Lord Jesus himself did this very thing. He was commended for the way uh, that that he lived. Uh, he didn't he didn't sin. Uh the apostle Paul didn't sin. The apostle Peter didn't sin. Uh it says of the Lord Jesus, he says he is a, a lamb before its shears is silent, so was the Son of God before 
before his accusers and before those who would crucify him. In fact, it goes on and says this very thing in verse 21. It says, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. And when he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you've been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. We live for Christ. Um, what what would tend to be now? I, I'm not looking for you to put answers in the comments. This is more an introspective, evaluative, rhetorical type question. But when things don't go your way at work, uh, or when your boss is unreasonable at work, uh, and if your boss is your spouse, that's another story. Um, but if uh, when you're living in that type of a circumstance, what do you do? Uh, do you do you? talk about the boss behind the back and say all kinds of derogatory things, or do you bring it to God in prayer? Those around us, those who we, with whom we work, if we work in places where there are multiple employees, uh, or if even those that we might complain to outside of our realm of work, they need to see Christ in us and how we respond to the government and how they, how we respond to our workplace, uh, and how we respond to our Christian freedoms. Um, we need to follow the example that the Lord Jesus gave for us when it says this, he committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he didn't retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to God. That is what we do. We entrust ourselves to God. Now, let me bring this passage up in the message to see how Peterson renders it for us. Here it is. Make the level proud of you by being good citizens. Respect the authorities, whatever their level. They are God's emissaries for keeping order. Now, we might think they're not God's emissaries. If we believe in the sovereignty of God, no one gets into office apart from the sovereignty of God. Now, what does that do to election outcomes? Just that, just, just asking. Uh, it is it is God's will that by doing good, you Christian, you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're a danger to society, and certainly we hear that type of rhetoric in America today, that how dangerous Christians are. It says, exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the rules. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God. Respect the government. You who are servants, be good servants to your masters, not just to the good masters, but also to the bad ones. What counts is that you put up with it for God's sake when you're treated badly for no good reason. There's no particular virtue in accepting punishment that you well deserve. But if you're treated badly for good behavior and continue in spite of it to be a good servant, that is what counts with God. This is the kind of life you've been invited into, the kind of life Christ lived. He suffered everything that came his way so that you know how it could be done and also know how to do it step by step. He never did one thing wrong, not once said anything amiss. 
They called him every name of the book, and he said nothing back. He suffered in silence, content to let God set things right. He used his servant body to carry our sins to the cross so that we could be rid of sin, free to live the right way. His wounds became your healing. You were lost sheep with no idea who you were or where you're going. Now you're named and kept for good by the shepherd of your souls. I mean, I think Peterson brings out some some, uh, great things in the way that he translates into his paraphrase here, idea of being lost sheep with no idea of who we were or where we were going. I mean, that could be so true of us. Um, also, you know, you're, you're named and kept for good by the shepherd of your souls. We don't keep ourselves. Christ keeps us for eternity. We hold on to him, and he's the one that holds us and holds our salvation in his hands. So, I mean, very clear instruction here about how we are to deal with those in government, how we're to deal with with bosses who were bad, um, unloving, ungodly, unkind. We are to take the mantle. We are to take the character of Christ and be like him. Clear teaching, uh, clear words in, in, in the translations, both what we were looking at, the NIV 84, as well as the message paraphrase here. We know what we're to do. Now it's up to us to go do it. Lord, help us. Help us today to live for you in ways that glorify you. Help us to choose words that glorify you. Help us to choose a demeanor and attitude that glorifies you. Help us in whatever happens to glorify you. Help us to trust you today in all of life circumstances. We look to you today. We give you the day. Help us to glorify you in it, in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, that's a wrap for this week. It's Friday already. Perhaps we'll see you over the weekend. If not, I'll catch you next week. Have a great day, everyone.